Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. that there's a guy in the movie like first of all there's no high schooler in the movie Christine that's under the age of 30 in that movie in real life like every one of them is just borderline fucking they're just old as shit looking but the oldest one is clearly the bully the bully with the switchblade who who he's got a full beard you understand like he's not there's no way that's a high school kid that uh and we're supposed to believe that. You know what I mean? I believe they all average around 25. They're not. They're, they can't. There's some that are pushing. They're on the other side of 25 in that movie. I'll tell you that much. I, I hate to say the bully could have passed for like 23, even though, you know, ruffians kind of look older than they really are. And I don't know why this is, but every Stephen King bully from like any t- any timeline they always have a switchblade i don't know why they do but every single bully has a switchblade and i don't uh i guess is that something that stephen king ran into a lot and why they outlawed them is, were they very common uh and then they tie each other's arms and then have a big dance number so. <laughs> that is true yeah the one that i want <laughs> to stab you with this thing when did you guys learn these dance moves <laughs> What yeah. the hell? I realized Dorian was talking about this on Laugh Finder the other day, and uh, he goes, "He's like, I wish there was a musical where everybody just mentions like there's one guy that goes, what the what the fuck are you guys doing? Why are you? Why is everyone dancing now? <laughs> did you did you all learn this and not invite me? How does it sound, Ash? Much better. Nice. Yeah, sweet. I, that's good. Well, when I you say, when you say much better. Is that like the sick girl from the Sixth Sense after she vomits? <laughs> That's usually how I feel. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm still dead inside, but I'm better. <laughs> well, I'm feeling better. You're feeling better. And I think we're ready to kick off this episode of Quality Time. We're back in the saddle again. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth, and I'm joined by my both my co-hosts. I love them to death. We'll go out of order this time for the very lovely, very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. Uh, now, Ashley, you had a you had a big show last night, right? Uh, the Aristocrats. How did that go? It went very well. We had a, a good audience, and all the performers did great. I would like to share just a little bit about mine. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I'll be very brief. So, the Aristocrats joke is considered one of the filthiest jokes ever told, and the format essentially is um, a group of people will go into another person's office and start performing some of the worst acts 
ever heard in human history. And at the very end, like, what do you call your act? And normally you say like the aristocrats. Yeah. And there's um, a great documentary about it. If you've never seen yeah. it, we were the late Bob Saget has probably is what some of the best stuff. I didn't know Bob Saget was funny until I saw that uh, a documentary, mm-hmm. but this is the all lady lineup aristocrat show yeah. last night at the auto bar. Yes. By the um, way, so- my, my favorite Bob Saget is when the lady hits herself in the face with a rake and spits out all her teeth. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> That is a good bit. Um, so I I took mine very political last night. I was second to last. Violet Gray closed out the show, which was great. Um, but I went very political. So essentially, I had uh, my people who were performing these depraved acts was uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, President uh, Lukashenko of Belarus, oh, Jinping, uh, President of China, uh, King Jong Un, and then Ted Cruz. Because oh. if there's anybody gunned down, it's Ted Cruz. I think you um, should have added in. I would have put in a Lindsey Graham with his ladybugs because he's you know what? he's get, a freak. I get it. I get it. But if there's one person I absolutely hate, it's Ted Cruz <laughs> because he made me look like a fool because I voted for him at one point and he made me look stupid. <laughs> and if there's one thing I don't like, it's men making me look stupid. So <laughs> now because of his Al Gore beard. Yeah. Oh, I hate him so much. Don't but even tell get me, us, don't get me deeper into it. I t- hate him so much. Tell me more about the, the how the joke went, though. Please tell me uh, Putin was into poo play. So you're you're putting words in my mouth. Let me tell you exactly what I did. So uh, one thing that I don't know why it's it's kind of tacky to laugh at your own <laughs> jokes, but there was something I did at the beginning last night that I still keep laughing about, which was I opened this story with Putin pulling out the corpse of Stalin and I fucking this corpse. And I say that he carries him around in a knapsack to fuck him occasionally, you know, for nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh really hard. I'm the one that wrote it. I don't know why. But I would like to just give you guys um, an idea of some of the things that went down. I'm quite proud of these. These took me a while to come up with. Okay. One act... I created was called the Molotov cocktail, which is when Putin takes a shot of vodka and then jerks off into it so that it's come in vodka now. And then you spit it back into the ass of Xi Jinping and then you (laughs) stick a tampon in there and you light it on fire. Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) So that one I was pretty proud of. Did, how um, many of those not, did they sell at the auto bar after you you know promoted it? <laughs> They're like, we don't have it. We just have some weird Russian guy. He wants to make amends. He's making them backstage. I'm very proud of these. Another one is the babushaki, which is like a babushka with bukaki. Mm. Um, that is whenever you all get together and cut off your pubes and sprinkle them on the face of your victim. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So that one's good. And then heavy shark tillery. <laughs> heavy shark tillery um, is when you stick your testicles in the other dude's anus and then he shits, but you just keep fucking him. So he just keeps getting fucked, but there's shit involved. Oh, okay. Oh, a good old shit lubricant. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then and then finally, um, the Chernobyl. I was quite proud of that is when you stick a man's balls in a microwave while giving him a rim job. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which I'm in. Ah, all right. <laughs> no, I, I had a great time. I had a, I had a, I had a wonderful time. And anyway, so I end the joke with instead of the aristocrats, they're called the oligarchs. Oh, look at that. Hey, the oligarchs, when you're here, you're rich as shit. Um, (laughs) So that's great. Well, congratulations on the show. Uh, Let's go to uh, our next host with the most. Uh, My blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth, fresh off a trip to Monster Mania. How are you, sir? Oh, my God. Who's on the program today? It's me, Gary, from Weird Science. <laughs> Gary, oh my God, Gary, it's so good to hear you. Now, I, uh, did, I, I heard that you, you caught up with, uh, with Wyatt this weekend at Monster Mania. No, I, I was with both of them. Nice, and yeah, uh, you, you actually got us a, a shout out for, for it that'll eventually be added into our new intro. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess he was. Uh pretty big time the, the the one of the classic five that had to spend that horrible saturday detention together you know did you should i play it right now for the listeners you got us a shout out for quality time from uh what is it My, michael c hall yeah michael c hall c michael time. hall is it is it c michael hall uh, it's it's uh michael c hall yeah i don't i is it halsey yeah, he was the great. That was ready when you are. I can edit it, whatever okay. you. I did edit time. it. Hey, folks, this is Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony. You're listening to Quality Time. Enjoy. Thanks. Nice. All right. Good. Good shout out just, there. I just love just watching that hole get dug when it's like I don't know your fucking name, but thanks for the shout. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't. That's awesome. You know. Yeah, I know you don't, Eric. <laughs> you don't. That's awesome, Jeremy. Of course, the, uh, the the big line that said over and over again in uh, Halloween Kills is "Evil dies tonight." <laughs> and even the first time he said it, I could I could visualize this is words straight out of Danny McBride's uh, mouth. <laughs> so. Do you think it's funny the idea that he's now? kind of having like a renaissance career of sorts i mean he's been in other things obviously as an adult but do you ever find it funny that he was so famous and felt like for a long time he couldn't live down the 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 nerd persona that he had for so many years but now (laughs) in his what 50s or 60s he now gets this great line that he'll be forever remembered by in halloween um Um, no i'll always he'll be always the, the kid that cries because he uh um didn't make the 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 elephant light that came on in shop so oh i i'm not familiar with it you know i remember uh anthony michael hall uh from uh what's it called he had a resurgence in like the 2000s because he got to be the the yeah the dead zone show Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah and now he's in the 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 funniest halloween movie that's ever been made um which is basically honest to god the new halloween movie the more i think about it is really just a great episode of south park if you really if you watch it from beginning to end there's a there's a problem in the town the town gets a ride there he basically plays randy marsh in the movie and i i'm here for it and i can't wait to see the third act of this well, I actually, my fondest memory of Anthony Michael Hall was 16 Candles because I always love when he asks her for her panties. And that resonated with me because I have also done that for a number of losers. They're like, look, I need to be able to prove I got lucky. And I'm like, I won't let you touch me 
but here's a big old 40 double D bra you can take home with you. <laughs> I always, whenever I think of like, so like smelling underwear has never been a thing for me, but, uh, I always remember that one Chappelle show episode where he picks up where he, it's the white and it's the wife yes. swap episode and he picks up the, the breast. He's like, titty residue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never My favorite. not think that's fucking hilarious. Uh, By the way, do you do you know how much uh, floppy disks cost? How much? Yeah. They're quite expensive. And I made a bet on how many floppy disks if I was going to get your panties. So. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember that line. You're right. You know what's funny? I've never thought of trading like computer software for sexual favors. You know what I mean? Like I've never been like, hey, if you can get me some compact discs, I'll let you touch one of them. Like it just never, it never crossed my mind. Well, maybe, maybe the lead from our movie tonight would have done it. She's a computer programmer. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, I also like to think that uh, floppy discs was a close second to a uh, limp biscuit. <laughs> um, so I mean, like a nor- more of a Devo band. So. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, any other fun? Did you run into any other fun celebs? I know you sent us a bunch of pictures. I saw that there was a picture of that that guy with the phantasm cosplay is a ten out of ten. I fucking love that. Yeah, Jeremy met some guy who was at Monster Mania who has basically the phantasm ball jabbed into his forehead, and like uh, blood looks like it's just squirting out, suspended in the air. Ah, uh, it's a it's That's really cool. good really good uh but did you run any i mean did you i mean listen in past some of your past exploits we need to mention like did, was, you've gotten to smoke weed with sleazy p from guar at some of these events um did anything reach that level uh no <laughs> well <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to um i'm looking up her name because i'm horrible she's it's oh that, that's anita michael hall i know you is uh, that helping okay so <laughs> so this 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 uh now older female named um thora birch she was in mm. uh hocus pocus and uh ghost worlds and her last uh role was in uh walking dead as uh alpha's daughter gamma Mm. and uh oh. i'm i'm standing next to her i'm I like i know she's a celebrity i can't remember what the fuck she was in but she's she's interesting and she's like uh i try to be friendly i'm with my my other uh, acquaintances and uh mm-hmm. i offered her some 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 fireball straight from the bottle and she she takes a little swing she's like she mentioned somebody that died and she's like do you mind? And she wanted to pour some fireball on the floor for her. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's how we do in Timonium, Maryland. Pour li- <laughs> pull her little fireball out on the floor for old Jaina. Um, I'm sorry. In this economy? <laughs> <laughs> no, your ghost can suffer. I need this more than you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, it sounds like the sequel to Ghost Ship, Ghost Sip. <laughs> <laughs> But that was that was the only celebrity I hung out with, and uh, of course I sent you other pictures of my some of my go-to friends. One one the clown girl is of course Crystal Rose, and uh, man, she's hot. I like that you have uh, you have a whole clown cabal. You're part of the clown underground right now. Now, Jeremy, clown. as being part of the clown community. Is there is do you guys have tensions with the juggalos from time to time? Like they're not real clowns. 
uh, well, of course, your your clown friend, who's a real clown friend, was like, I'm not even a clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's not laughs> the guy we had on Laugh Finder, he immediately, when we started explaining you, he's like, this guy didn't go to clown college. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm no Steve-O. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that fucking rules, man. Well, I'm glad you had a fun time at Monster Mania Con. Uh, I wish I, I need to make it back out to one. It's been too long, and I, I do enjoy going there. I don't ever want to have a table there again because I feel like I miss out on the sights and sounds, which is really all I want to do. It is great to just walk around and have a good time. Um, uh, another, I'll remember another story as we go along. Well, so. I got I got one embarrassing story to share with you guys uh, before we get in tonight. And if we, if we don't get too late after this story, I might I might play you this new song I wrote, but we'll we'll get there. Um, so uh, Friday night I I did ninety eight rocks event uh, for the polar bear plunge. Uh, it was a great show. It's at FPX Theater. Former uh, host of the show, Miss Kimberly Ambrose, uh, was there. I got to see her, um, and it was good to put put my mitts on old Kimbo Slice one more time. Uh, the FPX Theater in Dundalk is really, really awesome. Like it has a main. It's set up like they got probably like six or seven little theaters, but their main one is a full stage event thing that holds 400 people. And it was a sold out show. And it's the first time I think since like the pandemic started where I performed in front of that many people. Like I've the most I've probably ever done was about like 500 plus. And that's like when I went overseas and shit like that. But this was like a big fucking event. And uh, I uh, I'm there with all of the, the heads of the 98 rock and, uh, and it is to raise funds for the Special Olympics. I had a great set. Tommy Simbazo had a great set. So much so that Justin called us after the show. He's like, listen, you validated me as a comedian because they like shit on me with my comedian friends all the time. And like, you guys were so funny that like they've been doing nothing but like talking about it. So he was like, thank you. And I was like, wow, that felt really good. But I did something at the end of the show. It's something I'm not proud of. Uh, so it's for the Special Olympics. There's a big check presentation at the end. We're all out on stage at the end of the show. And uh, they, th- this young African-American man walks out, and he is representing uh, the Special Olympics. And I, he, I, did, I need to preface this. I did not realize that this man was mentally handicapped when he came out. Okay. And so he has a list and he starts reading off in what I think is a bit. And he starts reading off every single sport that the Special Olympics has this year. And I'm like, I have this thing where I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at it, I was like, this is wildly inappropriate right now. And I start laughing on stage like this guy is pulling a bit right now. Tommy nudges me because he's hearing me laugh and realizing that I'm being a monster right now. And he's like, why? he's like, why are you laughing? And I was like, and I leaned in. I was like, wait a minute. This, that isn't a bit. That's just really him. And he was just like, yes, Eric. And I was just like, oh my God. So I had to hide behind a sign with Tommy because I was, I was openly laughing at a man who just had, had disabilities and uh you know human things right there (laughs) first being tommy's always like i think i'm autistic and i always look at tommy and i go 
you're not the friend in this group that I think might have autism. Uh, number two. <laughs> you think it's, uh, you think I'm the autistic one? You've got some tendencies, like like yeah, like you can't read human emotion sometimes, and it's very uncomfortable for everybody around you. I like someone could be hit by a card, and you'd be like, "That's fucking hilarious." <laughs> quite, oh shit! Sorry. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> You're not like a true douche, but you are a jock. So right, like it's there's something there I that's not head, right. There's I a head had, trauma. Yeah, I got head trauma. My wife today explained uh, was very angry with me because she told me an entire conversation that she described in vivid detail that I had no recollection of. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? The other day, Eric sends me a meme and he's like, tell me this isn't the funniest shit. And I go, Eric, I sent you that meme three days ago. So good to know. Was it still, was it still good? <laughs> but the other thing, plot twist, I was secretly hoping that Eric is going to be out there like cheering on the people of the Special Olympics, but everyone's looking at Eric only to find out he is the representative for the Special Olympics and he just doesn't realize it yet. <laughs> it was like, this guy is such a great athlete for his size. You should see him run. They're and having Eric's an like, Olympic intervention for me. <laughs> He's like, good job, Eric. He's like, I can lift weights. I just can't get out from under them. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, good bit. Is it it me? I mean, some people might think of it as a handicap or a disability, but if you have, like, no legs, but you have those, like, uh, stilted kind of uh, bendy metal legs, Uh isn't it possible you can actually run faster than, like, a person with real legs? Yeah, you can. That's why why the the Blade Runner guy wasn't allowed to race against other people, and instead he just shot his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Oscar Pretorius, whatever. Oh man, it just goes to show we, we we maybe shouldn't glorify these people. These guys could be monsters. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Lobster Man. You know, yeah, he yeah. did shoot his uh, his son-in-law before his daughter married him. He was kind of a drunken monster. I do remember Lobster Man. You know about Lobster Man? Uh, uh, I Ashley, I love. I do. We have talked about him before. If Eric ever had an Olympics, though, it wouldn't be the Paralympics or Special Olympics. It would be the Pariah Olympics because we would see how long it takes for people to not want to hang out with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a shelf life, like two hours maximum you can have with me before you've had enough. It makes sense. You're a gold medal holder. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So, Jeremy and Ashley, um, before we get into tonight's film, which I'm really excited about, uh, I was locked up yesterday. It was snowy. Um, you know, kids are doing their own thing. We took them out sledding. And then I went downstairs and I was like, you know what? I've been thinking a lot lately um, about my dad. And uh, I-, I hate to take a serious tone about everything, but. Uh, I usually write like funny songs and stuff. And I took this one uh, from the heart. This is something that um, I think is going to resonate with Jeremy a little bit. Um, It's not, it's not to be a joke or anything. Uh, And and it's, it's really like my first foray into like serious music. So um, this is a, a, I don't even think Jeremy knows about this, but um dad left me certain things in his will uh and i decided to 
you know, write a song about that. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy. It's a quick one. It's only about like two minutes. Um, but here we go. Nope, that's not it. Father's gone in the sky. Heaven only knows why. Left me empty behind. But he gave me a gift cylindrical and a twist. A tool forged by the God. It was his only one. flashlight i uh i didn't want to tell you so, that way jeremy but i'm sorry ashley you were saying no 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 um couple, two things um, had lot, lots of flashlights he kept them on the floor <laughs> as, the boys, as, as the boys on last podcast on the left would say why would your dad leave you his fuck thermos that's truly <laughs> terrifying uh Second of all, there's just there is a fallacy. Like I just personally was going to point this out. Besides okay. the obvious, from everything you boys have ever told me, the fact that you think Mr. Woodworth is in heaven is a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. I, 
out of all the things that I found out about dad that it took me till age 38 to find out why he didn't go to Vietnam. And I, I did, was he dishonorably discharged? I believe, I believe so that, uh, that he, he did have a physical altercation with a, uh, with a superior officer that got him discharged from the air force. (laughs) And he's like, I should breed. (laughs) I I was told that he, um, was a ringleader to having the, uh, the, the drill sergeant stopped in formation. (laughs) Oh yeah. Dad, dad didn't take being disrespected very well. He, he never liked the, to I, feel like the little fella. I heard the reasoning was that his buddy got um, uh, injured during uh, basic training, and it was the drill sergeant's fault. That's the what I heard. I don't know. Oh well, that sounds uh, all. It sounds all very uh, much like something our dad would do. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so anyway, beautiful Eric. I'm glad you feel like you could get that out, and I'm glad. That you're sexually able to express yourself somewhere. Um. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, you know, a mag light is a really good flashlight. And the fact that you get it as like a, a hand-me-down, it's a cool thing. I, I, I agree. And you know what else I agree with? Enough of the fellas for this episode. Let's get into tonight's movie, which I'm excited about. Ashley, you're taking us into the realm of the single white female from 1992. It's like I have Tourette's. Sorry, one more thing. Um, okay. <laughs> so does your flashlight run on D batteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's um, it's ancient. It actually has a hand crank, like a like an old <laughs> like an old Ford uh, Model we, T. <laughs> like you are hand cranking it. So cost, yeah, that sounds I had to put a whole gallon of gas in it just to do it. So it costs like six dollars to run one uh, jerk. <laughs> no, Eric drowned the flashlight. Okay, so uh, sorry, I can't think about this anymore. I'm gonna get sick. So. <laughs> Um, yes, so I got to pick this week and I chose 1992, baby, the year I was pushed out of a fucking vagina. I picked single white female and I was shown this movie when I was eight years old and it in no way affected my personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this uh, director, uh, uh, Barbette Schroeder, uh, with the writers John Lutz, who wrote the novelization of it, SWF Seeks Same, uh, and Don Ruse, who uh, who did the screenplay here. And uh, th- there's a, one interesting thing. Of course, it's uh, anchored by uh, the great Bridget Fonda, uh, who had a choice between this role or the, uh, the, the evil role, who eventually went to uh, Jennifer for Jason Lee, she said she took the other role because she thought it was harder. And I don't believe that. I think she just didn't want to be a bad guy. I think she had Nicolas Cage syndrome. Well, well, I, maybe. Here's the thing, though. I think it was cast correctly. I think she did play mm-hmm. the sweeter version well. Jenna, there is something about Jennifer Jason Lee that just makes your butthole crawl up inside itself and start folding in like a dying star. She makes you (laughs) uncomfortable, which is why she's great for this role. I will say, I know it's not a perfect movie, but I think there are some really good shots 
in this movie, some very well-framed, well-shot uh, scenes in this. So I actually give a lot of credit for the time too. I thought it was decent. No, I think it. I think it's a great movie, especially. Uh, uh, it, you also get uh, my my third favorite cast member from the show Wings, Stephen Weber, uh, who's in this film. Um, this is uh, it's it's an all-star cast for 1992, right here. I would fuck the majority of the cast of Wings because there's just something about all those semi-mediocre white men that just beat <laughs> me gush. You've got, um, oh my God, I feel bad because their names because I have a horrible headache. Uh, the Who's the one uh, that played like the mechanic who was in Sideways? Oh, you're talking about the guy from uh, from Demon Knight too. The Lowell, guy. I call yes. I always call him Lowell, but that would be um, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Thank you, thank you, Thomas Hayden Church. Like such a hottie. He's my number Stephen one. Webb, Steve Webb, Steve such a hottie. Stephen Weber is also a hottie because of Wings. Now, I know that his version of The Shining is kind of shitty. I get it. Yeah, but there's. Something about Steven Weber that makes you feel like the sex would we would be wild and he might kill you. So that's I'm kind of into that. And then the guy that played his brother on the show Wings, whose name is escaping me, he did Stephen King's Storm of the Century. Ah, look at that. Have, yeah, that would be Tim Daly. Tim Daly, who uh Thank you. I would just get greased up like a pig for those boys. Oink, 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 well, oink, people oink. people forget about how great a show uh Wings was. Don't let's not forget the great Tony Shaloub was was in Wings. And I always liked David uh uh Scram who played Roy, the fat guy. He was yes. he was very very funny. So, all-star oh. cast of Wings. You know what? Welcome to Wings Cast, where we're just going to talk about the show Wings now. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Can I start my own podcast? And it's all we do is talk about Wings and its ladies, and we call it Always with Wings. <laughs> yes, yes. I began. I, listen, I we. I'm. Get, I'd love to be a guest if I could get on the guest list. All right, I'm, oh, I'm into only it. Only if you put a tampon in your butt and tell me which kind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, always. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, let's go through a couple other cast members. But one other quick thing about Jennifer Jason Lee, why she's a great bad guy, is because she always sounds like she's about to cry just when she's talking. She always is like, <laughs> she has like this tone that always sounds like she just finished yes. uh, going to her dog's funeral like that's just her regular that's her baseline is dead dog no you're right almost like she's got marbles a little bit hanging around in the back of her throat like she stumbles over her words almost there's something off mm -hmm. yes agreed and i would say i'd say a pioneer of resting bitch face a pioneer yeah. no okay sure um so then uh you also get uh jeremy you also get the great steven uh uh, Tobolesky, uh, who, uh, Jeremy, what's probably what's Stephen Tobolesky's uh, most famous film? Ned, Ned, Ned Ryerson, yes, the great I Ned Ryerson. Curious, I cannot find my Ned, my Tobolowski picture where I actually hugged him. For, uh, <laughs> the, I guess the second or third day that, uh, Murphy, um, Murray, yeah, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> okay. Meets him in the street in the movie uh, Groundhog Day. So, well, Jeremy, let's just say there might be a clip that comes up later in the show. So, uh, there's also one last notable uh, actress who's in this movie. 
in a very short little space, uh, you get to see uh, none other than Happy Gilmore's grandmother, who plays the neighbor in this movie, Frances Bay. She does show up very briefly, and as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 she's got, was she off knitting duty? Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she shows up in the movie. Too. Grandma. Yeah, she, the, the grandma who gets treated very poorly by Ben Stiller. <laughs> Go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> Oh, God damn. It's so good. So uh, the this movie uh, kicks off. We get to see two little twin girls putting lipstick on each other. It makes me feel uncomfortable as a father, but we move on immediately uh, to meet some of our characters in this movie. Uh, we see that uh, there's a little bit of trouble in Sam, uh, who's played by Steven Weber, and Allie's relationship as his ex-wife calls, and she overhears that uh, he fucked her last week. So, ugh, making that fucking marriage real tough next week so uh, that never happens in, in any of uh, people that we know yeah <laughs> who would ever do that and Perhaps. then so we then see Bridget Fonda uh, like right after that we get to see her rocking tits we get to see tits throughout this film to be clear you get to see Bridget Fonda's tits almost every half hour as well as Jennifer Jason Lee's whenever you think that you're like man this movie could get, use some titties you get it and it gets delivered just like I told you boys about history of violence, mm -hmm. the same thing happened with this. I cannot express to you boys the number of times my mother would watch a movie on TNT or TBS or USA Network and be like, that was great. Let's buy it. Mm -hmm. And then I sit with them and watch it, having no idea, unbeknownst to my mother, that there will be ass, there will be titties, there will be 69ing, there will be pussy, just all kinds of things that she was not prepared for. And this was another movie that went in the garbage. And then 15 years later, my dad bought a copy and put it back on the shelf. <laughs> okay. Right. Up, Matt, I can finally own this in the house. The nice thing is this is the 90s and, uh, you know, every 15 minutes there's either boobs or butt as opposed yeah. to any show after 2000 and you'll have to watch a gay scene of gay sex or gay kissing. Yeah. I, uh, I, it, this isn't probably like, you know, I like this as a Bridget Fonda film. Don't get me wrong, but I always remember Bridget Fonda from the nineties as the, uh, the remake of La Femme Nikita that they made called point of no return. Uh, I always loved that. That was the first, my first, uh, foray into the Bridget of Fonda. You know, why don't we talk about the greatest role of all? What's that? And that, of course, is Ash's girlfriend in um, Army of Darkness. That, that is killed. that is true. She is the. That's so funny that I totally forgot about that. Actually, Jeremy, that's a good point. I'm a little embarrassed because my reference for Bridget Fonda was gonna be when she played the twat in Lake Placid, where she's super fucking annoying. I always remember her most for her her mother, who was known as uh, 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 Hanoi Fonda, Hanoi Jane. There you go. Um, so <laughs> her dad is right. Was uh, she also in Congo? Uh, I don't know if. She, yeah, what's was she the lady in Wasn't Congo? She, I think, I think so. she was also a twat in that movie. She has yeah. a very twatty personality. <laughs> Well, she is in a future episode we will do called Lake Placid, and uh, and I her, her best movie, her hands down best movie is with the great Bill Paxton, and that's a simple plan. I'll I'll, I'll just throw that out there right there. Best well, uh, you Bridget know Fonda she's movie. Peter Fonda's kid, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, why'd you say? Um, isn't she? Jane? Isn't Jane and Peter Fonda? Aren't they like married? Wasn't that a thing? No, her parent, her mom was Susan Brewer. It was oh. not Jane Fonda. Oh well, I was wrong. I guess. So who's Jane Fonda's kid? I, I don't know because I thought are Jane and Jeremy, help me out. Are Jane and Peter siblings, or were they married? Brother and sister. Oh, so they didn't fucking make a special oh. Olympian. Okay, oh, sorry about I know that. I'm getting this all over the place. I did not realize Bridget Fonda has been married to Danny Elfman since 2003. Wow, look at that. Power couple. <laughs> I just imagine a Danny Elfman wedding where they like, and here's your bride and groom. That's got to be fun. And uh, Pee Wee Herman rides a bike holding their trail. <laughs> Tommy was telling us the other day about how his uh, co-worker Tegan, old long balls, uh, if you listen to Laugh Finder, uh, he has really long balls. Uh, he d- he didn't know how big Pee Wee Herman was. And we were try- He said he was trying to explain. He was like, no, he was a grown man that dressed in a suit but acted like a kid, and he was huge. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, you don't understand. He, he was loved by everyone until he jerked off in a theater, which now would be totally acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. Laura Linney is in Congo. Ah, oh, there we go. Well, well. It's all these white women that look the same. God, it's fun to be a blonde. Anyways. I'm pretty sure I met Kirsten Dunst yesterday. So uh, I saw I'm really your picture. I'm hoping it's not just for the shits and giggles, but that would be cool. <laughs> oh, my, how the mighty have fallen. So uh, she goes to go sleep at her uh, her uh, upstairs roommate's uh, Graham's house, who is the, uh, for, for a 90s representation of a gay man, one of the most respectful showings I've ever seen. Uh, he's, just, he's just a regular dude that lives. He's like, also, uh, by the way, I'm gay. Anyway, and... And it's just, there's no reason for it. They just throw it. He's like, this regular ass dude is gay. Um, just to prove that you can be just like everybody else and occasionally like to take a dick in the ass. There's nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, there's, well, the, the thing is, that this is 92. It's not a normal thing that you would see, you know? Well, Usually we're going to see. Them. You know? So she uh she then go heads to her meeting. She's a big software developer, this Allie Jones. And uh we get to meet Mitchell, played by Steven Trobleski. Uh she she's the new client, but he immediately fucks her on the price and gives her this is like this whole ploy where he meets she they meet to do this deal is the classic, like in comedy, you'll appreciate this, uh, Ashley. They were like, Well, I can't pay you a lot, but I can get you exposure. He literally sells her exposure exposure and i know i'm jumping ahead i can can i also throw into this bargain some sexual assault yeah yeah well that's coming just that's like coming that that's coming later and yeah, uh it's just like comedy. and then uh but there's <laughs> there's there, the worst thing is when he grabs her he's like let me talk to you about actuarial tables <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Um, so he 
he uh she takes a lower price to go do this uh for uh being uh, for exposure which if i'm uh, you know if my schooling taught me anything through computers is a thing that will kill you in the oregon trail um she does take the job and move forward with her life um but she's broke she's in new york city uh she just kicked her boyfriend to the curb and needs to pay for rent so it's time to look for a roommate uh she puts out the ad for a single white female and uh there's a, a whole slew of ladies that come there's a they give you a real good butch dyke that comes up there that looks like she fucking shaves with a machete uh they give you just every type of gonna, single gonna white break out a wall just yeah. looking at yeah, like, look at this. I could put my chopper in here. Like, they give you, like, every stage. And then there's, like, one really nice lady who she should have called. You, like, you looked at her like, wow, that lady is wearing a sundress. She seems like a completely stable person. Nah, I'm going to go cry by my fridge. And as Jennifer Jason Lee's character enters Hetty, uh, she then, uh, they become quick friends as there's a funny scene where there's a broken pipe uh, and uh, they get water all over themselves. It's just a hoot. Can I just point out, and this is advice that all listeners, guy, girl, just take this advice. If I can just point this out, never believe a girl when she says they aren't getting back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. She's like, if you move in with a girl and she's like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's gone. He's not coming back. He's coming back. Oh, he's, he's, he, he gonna, he gonna be back because listen, it's, He's, he's going to say this X, Y, and Z. I did. I fucked up. I did wrong. You were right. Which is really, you know, that's the guy. That's the guy code right there. You just yeah, say that you're wrong and you were right. Yeah, that's all. If there's, one, if there's one thing. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, if there's one thing women hate, it's dying alone. Ah, all right. So, uh, you, know, you know, nobody stays in prison forever. And, and a lot of people. He only stabbed me a couple times. <laughs> Did you have you ever seen that uh, onion? It, this is probably like ten years old now. But when the onion used to do the newscast, the fake news, they they used they had this one. They were like, uh, it shows that reports that where domestic abuse was really a problem. Now it has dropped to zero percent, and it goes to the news conference room, and there's this lady with a black eye. They're like, "Yep, we've done our research. There's no more domestic dispute anymore. And in fact, we shouldn't talk about it anymore." <laughs> it's one of the best satires of. of fucking horrible humanity you could ever watch but god damn that's just funny um so uh <laughs> now for another commercial for bush light yeah but here's bush <laughs> so uh we then uh so they uh they become quick friends uh from doing crafts shining plates getting ice cream and going clothes shopping like ladies do uh i i find the scene very funny like they're like where they're shining plates together it seems like okay i was like this is the male director's like what do ladies do of course they they clean dishes when we're not looking to get and have a good time doing it i hate it so much that's not how girls bond we do drugs, we do crimes, and we talk about the men we're planning to kill who did us wrong. <laughs> That's bonding. You, you hide my weapon, I hide yours. How are you going to cut his dick off? So, I'll tell you what I'm going to done with his cut off dick. Cut it off. I'll bite it off. But, uh... 
<laughs> Allie, uh, Bridget Fonda Allie, uh, does some, a little bit of snooping in her room and notices that there's a box that maybe she should look in in the future. We also established that there's a screwdriver in the uh, in, that you have to use to to work the elevator. It's an important tool because it's like it, it, everybody who ever works in Hollywood has to look at Shakespeare and like introduce a knife, and this is the knife of it that will come into play later. Like if you show right. something in Act One, guess what? It's important. <laughs> yeah. I, an important thing in this scene is to look at the camera. It's like sometimes you need this. Ding. <laughs> it literally is like that. Do you remember having that same exact cheap ass fucking screwdriver in our house? I do. Up? That wooden handled <laughs> screwdriver. Yes, I remember the exact screwdriver. We had a set of them, and uh, don't don't lose it. Otherwise, Dad's gonna get the belt. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have a hundred of these fuckers and I can't find one of them. By the way, if there was ever a cheap tool, dad bought every fucking cheap tool. Everyone. (laughs) But if one, if one of those $1 screwdrivers was missing, hide your ass because it's about to get tanned. Um. Dad, Dad bought the cheapest ass fucking pieces of shit. And finally, one day I got a, a DeWalt from my friend that was getting upgrading. I'm like, here, dad, Here's a real fucking drill. It's yours now. You can have a real fucking drill in life. Isn't that nice? You know? And then he lost it. Anyway. I'll go spend spend another fucking $10,000 on pornography, you piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. God, this is terrifying. <laughs> Woodworth family secrets. Um, I just have to point out again as well, this movie is the reason I don't have roommates. I know we'll never have roommates. Can't, can't trust them. Don't want them killing my pets. Nope. Don't want him around. We'll get we'll get some more of that. Uh, but she does also notice all the fun meds that she's on, and she starts fooling around with her jewelry, which this is kind of creepy, like putting on your roommate's jewelry and stuff. But Hetty comes in and uh, notices it. She's like, huh, "No big deal." Anyway, here are my tits. I'm gonna get dressed in front of you. And then uh, Hetty says that she had a sister, but she was stillborn, which we'll find out maybe is not as truthful as it sounds. Uh, then she gives uh. Uh, some pearl ear. She actually gives her the pearl earrings and stuff like that. And now my daughter has entered the room because she probably is asking for something. Susie, you're interrupting the podcast. What would you like? I bet it's a snack. Go ahead and get yourself a snack, girlfriend. Do your thing. <laughs> Thanks, Aww. cutie. I love that. Um, now leave me leave me be because I I need I'm we're live right now and now I have to edit things because you're here and I love you. Don't give me a sad face. Go get yourself a <laughs> snack, girlfriend. Go get yourself a snack, girlfriend. What do you get? What are you getting? Dad just slapped me. Yeah, but it was nice. Hey, let me see. What kind of, Hey, what are you going to eat? Don't edit a thing out. What? All right. No, tell me what it is. What did I just authorize? Damn, damn it. I think she's going to just eat she's, she's 90 gummy of, bears. Rails of Coke now. Oh, well. Oh, well. I Listen, I said it, and I'm a softie. So, anyway, Aww, she... Uh, excited for the early onset youth back diabetes. upstairs, and she's clinging to the ceiling with her feet and her toes. So... <laughs> 
Hetty ends up actually just giving her the pearl earrings that she was sporting, which also are like clip-ons. They're not even like super nice earrings, but it's kind of creepy hey. now. Do you like the pearl? Clip-ons were a big deal in the 90s because when you were a young girl and you were the only kid that didn't have your ears pierced and you're like, I want to look older. So then you'd get grandma's clip-on earrings and you're like, look how fancy I am with all of this rusting jewelry that's going to give me an infection. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just love that we Maybe wear... It turns my skin green. I just... <laughs> I just love that we just basically take fucking clam turds and you're like, these are the most beautiful things we've ever seen. <laughs> like, like, I, I always find that funny. Same thing with diamonds. It's like, ooh, look at this rock that was crushed real hard. This is good. But, but diamonds are pretty, though, and the fact that they're expensive just makes me like them. <laughs> that is true. I So uh, Hetty then uh, goes and buys a puppy and hopes that it can stay... Uh, uh, Allie's not pleased, but she warms up to it pretty uh, fast. How could you not love this beautiful golden retriever? Which is a very creepy move. I think it's a bad move to just be like, hey, we live in an apartment building. I'm going to purposefully buy a large pet and see how it goes, which I find very strange. We are going to get into more of it, but I do just want to point out as we're about to walk into it, I'm not so sure that Jennifer Jason Lee, a.k.a. Hetty, is the bad roommate <laughs> yeah maybe i mean listen there's definitely offenses on uh on Allie's side i mean she's not she's not respecting the personal space she's getting a little bit too into it um but she, you know what she's fucking maybe it's maybe this whole movie is really a case of real recognizing real if i could be honest with you like you're like it, she's not a, a hero by the end of it i mean you look at the things no. that have happened she's an enabler if anything well look i just have to say that like the older i get the more i watch this movie and go i understand jennifer jason lee's character <laughs> I get it. I'm a little ashamed at the number of times I see something happen in this movie and I go, this is so weird. You know what she reminds me of? And then I go, it's me. Oh my God. She reminds me of me. And then I have to go sit and think about my life choices. So uh, she comes back from work after a hard day and finds that Sam is already in her apartment and uh, uh, Hetty can't tell her fast enough. So uh, Hetty leaves, but she watches from a window across the way. Uh, and she ain't having him back, And she's, but he says, hey, you never got the letter I sent you or the key that I sent back, which will come into play later. Um, but they are starting to mend things, and Hetty is watching from the window. She gets caught by happy gilmore's grandmother and uh they are with as fast as five minutes can go by they're back to fucking again so uh sam is back in the picture and hetty is not happy um hetty's so unhappy that she's already kicking kicking the puppy which i didn't like i as you kick a dog that's how you that's how you know that's an evil person yeah. I love that Eric is like <laughs> women getting beat up, and then he's like, "Don't fucking kick that dog." I know. <laughs> listen, people. Li listen, in a hierarchy of things that you kicking a puppy is high on the list. You could kill. You could slam a baby feet first. I'm not gonna shed a tear, but you fucking punt a golden retriever puppy, and I'm. I we're having words. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, it's, it's, I, I listen, people love dogs. Okay. There's a whole documentary about how not to fuck with cats and that's how they caught a serial killer. So, I, I mean, I'm not alone on this. No, yeah, you are. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. People love fucking baby animals. They're the shit. So, um, um I really upset my wife with a, a British comedy show where a guy hits on women in the street. He's walking with a woman who's walking her little dog. He's like, Hey, how you doing? She's like, Oh yeah, I'll just go in with my boyfriend. And as soon as he, she says that, he literally punts the dog like a football. Yeah, <laughs> you're stop laughing. You're talking about. Like, I know the well, show you're talking about. You're talking about the Toast of London. I'm pretty sure with uh, Matt Barry, and yes, the situation where he's like, "Oh, how can I help you with this?" And he finds out she has a girlfriend. Just drops her fucking aquarium in front. Of her. <laughs> when I showed the wife the video, she's like, "That's not funny." That's not funny. <laughs> It's not like it was a real dog. I mean, come on. It, it's ironically hilarious. <laughs> Matt Barry has one of the funniest bits I've ever seen from the IT crowd where I think I sent the clip to you because you sent me that and I, I'd seen it before. But there's one in the IT crowd where he's talking to this uh, this woman. They're out having dinner and he goes, he's just like, well, I have to come, some, come clean with you. Uh, actually, I'm a man. He goes... <laughs> You know I don't care about that, blah, blah, blah. And they go on and, like, they go flash forward and they're like, you know, the last four months have been great. This was some of the best sex we've ever had. And, like, she's, like, caressing his chest and everything. She's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you were so fine with everything, you know, me being a man and all. And he, like, opens his eyes up and he's like, what? And he was just like, you know, when I told you that I was a man, he goes, I thought you said you were from Iran. <laughs> and then, so he's been, it's just, and like the next scene is them having a full fist fight through drywall into like a room. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just some great comedy if you ever want to check it out. Now, now when you, when you think about there, there's quite a few movies, um, I guess, uh, what was it? Um, what was the one with Glenn Close as the evil uh, girlfriend where she uh, um, fatal attraction cooks she yes. cooks, the, cooks the rabbit fatal, fatal attraction and uh, my classic which i hope to see with us someday would be the girl who lives down the lane uh jody foster is like a, a 13 a 12 year old and uh freaking <laughs> giving away a big plot point is when martin sheen takes her her gerbil or her hamster and literally puts a cigarette butt out in the hamster. Oh, I don't like no, 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 no. I don't like that. I don't like, like the, that. The ultimate evil move is he as he does it right in front of her and her boyfriend. And like mm -mm. the guy's like, the fuck are you doing, you fucking asshole? Jesus. Yeah. See, that I think is too much for me. But just overall, the genre of woman done dirty, gone crazed. Huge fan. So now, I question when they did this scene in the movie whether they actually like pulled the puppy away. Or whether it was like I don't know, just mixed edit or or it was CGI. It was a CGI. All right, let's uh, let's get back on track here, okay? Let's get back into the go. movie. So, uh, Allie slips in late at night after having a good old romp with the old boyfriend Sam, and uh, she is uh, Hetty is waiting in her bed, waiting for her to come home. Which that okay? This is this is red flag number like three, but this is a big one. And uh, yeah. she says, "I guess you guys are getting back together, and I'm going to be kicked out." And 
and uh, she's just like, no, not right away, blah, blah, blah. And then we hear this. I know you just spent a lot on furniture. Yeah, your timing is great, Allie. It's really great. You promised me that this wouldn't happen. Oh, exactly this. Nothing's happened, Eddie. Uh-huh. Come on. We... Look, I'll talk to Sam. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll move. I don't know. Maybe we'll find some place like this or I don't know. But we'll see. We'll figure something out. Okay? I don't know if it was okay. Uh, so, Hetty's on edge. Allie's tried to mend things. And uh, Hetty seems to start flirting with Sam a little bit and kind of moving around the house, trying to see if he can slip up. Allie catches her uh, flicking the bean later that night, uh, which is just, by the way, you're jerking off with your door open, number one. Number two, uh, the intensity of this bean flicking seems like you're not trying to keep it up under raps well maybe but i was also gonna say like bridget fonda is being a weird ass roommate watching her watching her roommate try to masturbate that's fucking weird you mind your own goddamn business Thank you for this, Jackson. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy's doing a visual something right now uh, it's of Jackson Brown video. What, Jeremy, uh, you need attention? Go for it. I just wanted you to cue that up during certain portions of this. That's song. not a way to tell me. The way to tell me would be like message, maybe textually. I didn't. Like, I looked at a video of Jackson Brown that didn't. I, hey, when I saw that, I didn't say, I need to pull this up to play it immediately. Do you understand? You're not. Can I get that or so what what's the I'm song you need queued up? I wasn't interrupting anybody. You no, I mean it's not distracting in any way. So you want what's the Jackson Brown song that you need queued up, Jeremy? Somebody's babe. Okay, gotcha. I'll I'll work on it, okay? Um so later that morning, Allie uh so he catches him flicking the bean. Uh I'm sorry, you Jackson Brown something. Hold on. Jackson Brown. You love the thunder. You're a friend. You're somebody's babe. Uh, He's babe. This was not a break in the show in any way, shape, or form. This is great continuity. I mean, what house was this supposed to happen? You're going to, are you going to, you're going to fill while this happens or you're going to make me talk the whole time? I was going to let you play it how you wanted. You know, it's it's kind of ironic. I don't even know what the song is, Jeremy. <laughs> if, 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 if there's any way we could get more Jackson Brown. Okay, here show. you go. This right here. I hear you getting back with your old boyfriend. I'm going to kill you. Did you know what Jackson Brown's first hit was? <laughs> He's got a lot of hits. Is that... Is that the bit right here? <laughs> I, I'm working it. I'm working okay. it. Okay. Well, listen, if you want some more Jackson. Jeffrey Reber show all about Jackson Brown podcast. Okay. So. All right. I Listen, my favorite thing. I know thing, you've seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. I mean, not not in some time, but yeah, of course. I know about Spicoli. And, and yeah. I mean, it's fine. I don't know how it ties the into what we're talking Sean about. Sean Penn but. role ever. Okay. No, I do <laughs> love him. stoner. I love before him. He, before he married Madonna and wanted to kill himself every day the rest of his life. 
life. I personally love. Listen, uh, uh, Mystic River is a great film. Okay, when he when he tries to kill Tim Robbins, so that, it's a good movie. So look, um, sadly, he turned into Chris Penn, who was the second stoner in the wildlife, who then became the funny Penn brother. There we go. Now we're getting into how this applies to the movie. You think okay. going to decide <laughs> to turn on us? I just, I, I just, no, this was, this was worth it. So, uh, Allie, uh, then, uh, makes them, or sorry, Hetty makes them breakfast in the morning. Uh, she's sad that she can't make them dinner cause they have to go out. She then, uh, calls their dog buddy, but the dog really wants to be with Allie and not Hetty who keeps barking for her as she leaves outside. So as they're walking away, uh, uh, what's his name? Sam had fixed the little railing outside so that the dog couldn't get through. When she, uh, when they get outside, they see that the dog is super fucking dead, laying on the pavement, been splattered. Just uh, this, this sweet puppy's life dashed right before our eyes, and uh, it's implied that probably Hetty did it, but she fucking frames Sam like he didn't fix the thing right, saying, "I shouldn't have called you for eggs. I'm sorry. It's my fault." Even though it's like, uh, it's totally your fault because you didn't you know fix the fucking thing right. You know what this scene really reminds me of? What's that? That really sad scene when uh, Eric Clapton shoved his son out the window <laughs> and then started doing a big bag of coke. <laughs> there you go. And I could afford a lot more coke if I didn't have to feed this fucking kid. Yeah, tears in heaven. Tears in fucking heaven, dude. I'm Eric Clapton. So... <laughs> Do you ever think I don't know why this, I don't know why this is on my mind. Do you ever think they'd do a collab with Tears in Heaven and Cheeseburgers in Paradise? <laughs> hey. Tears in Heaven, Cheeseburgers in Paradise. <laughs> I'm Eric Clapton and I love cocaine. <laughs> my son's falling out a window. Those clouds are filled with cocaine. I want to put up my nose in heaven. I'm Do you do you know that kids that fall out of windows die and go to Margaritaville? <laughs> it's like I'm falling my death in Margaritaville. I think I'm having an aneurysm. <laughs> oh, man, that Jimmy Buffet. What a song. <laughs> so uh, later that night, uh, of course, Hetty is... Uh, 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 upset and uh sam comes to come comfort her and she makes a big old move on sam but he's just like uh can you just relax a little bit and then i love i love the scene he's like he slowly pushes her away like this and then like closes the door and she's still like holding onto his hand she's like he's like that's that's nice can you <laughs> i'm gonna just close this real quick and then we're gonna call um, it a night oh i'm sorry have you never been the girl that's true drunk is like i'm gonna make this happen and they're like no <laughs> and you're like yes and they're like i will not touch you <laughs> no. like you, you no. keep forcing the girl's head towards your crotch and she keeps fighting it like it's the same move but in reverse instead of sexual assault it's emotional i'm like hey i want you to give me feelings and they're like you can't have them and i'm like i need them (laughs) 
Uh, no, pretty, I would. That I would, was pretty much our our little sister's life until she found the right man. <laughs> <laughs> monster and that is there's not part, not true there's two things going on right now there's a part of me that's like you need to cut that out <laughs> there's a part of me that's like keep it in. please i don't believe that's true you want at the all. boy to see it the boy needs to watch the boy needs to watch now after that while this is happening another more awkward sexual thing is happening as uh uh good old ned ryerston is pulling a full-on weinstein move and uh just as she's uh she turns him around gives him the old axe handle smash to the gonads uh which uh which well deserved well deserved nobody's looking at ned ryerston as a sexual being right now yuck even though Ned was like fugly to a certain level, uh, he, he still pulls the wine glass on the head move. Like I'm so funny, fuck me, I have money. Well, Eric points out a very important thing, which is men like that are so ugly they can only have sex by force because um, no woman will willingly have sex with them. Oh. So that is. Oh, I, I I I can't believe I forgot the the, the other great Tobolsky move. Is he's the fucking guy in the fucking mental hospital in Memento, and he's being tortured with electrical shocks by Thomas Lennon from Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, I like when you make just a connection in your head and you instantly become the Joker from Batman. Like... <laughs> The fact that it's Thomas Lennon just fucking makes it funnier. So, Tommy, Tommy, Jeremy's more like the Joker and the Penguin. I just call you the (laughs) Jenguin. What do you mean? I have some some fish guts coming out of the side of my throat. I'm Louis De Palma. <laughs> so she uh she immediately goes home after this interaction with her boss to talk to Hetty, who success who suggests a bit of revenge is in order. And without uh, giving her two seconds to think about it, Hetty goes ahead and calls Mitch's house. No, you listen to me this time, asshole. If you trash me around town, you're fucked. And your family is fucked too. You got that? It won't just be you. Ta da! I resonated with that too much because I've. <laughs> I've had those conversations where, like, as soon as I'm done threatening someone on the phone, I'm like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> hey, I just I, I just made an enemy of a super rich guy that could in no way retaliate. <laughs> it's fun. I do that with some of some of my aggressors every six months to a year. I check in and I'm like, how you doing? And they're like, I thought you went away. And I'm like, ah, I'm just making sure you're being good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> So uh, the next day they go for a good old spa treatment because you know what? Nothing says, hey, let's wash the sexual assault off with a little bit of spa treatment. And they, uh, she, uh, Allie is a bit perturbed as when she comes out from her haircut, she has the exact same red short haircut as she does, which is, uh, this is, now we're in Creepville, right? Like this is officially creepy, no? Question. Mm-hmm. Like I've been thinking about this, Eric. How would you feel if I got the Eric Woodward <laughs> haircut? I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> how would I feel about it? Um, I would, I would say number one, why there would be questions that are asked. I'm like, why, why, why have you done this? This is, this isn't a good, A, it's not a good look for you. B, I'm going to stop wearing a bra. <laughs> Just, you're gonna start you're gonna start posting really bad workout videos on your story i get it okay uh. <laughs> your kids are gonna be like i'm so confused <laughs> and i'm like yeah i just dad got like two feet shorter <laughs> yeah oh that's called i call her mini dad oh <laughs> I can look, I can totally stop learning to read. I can start mixing up words. I can have really runny diarrhea. Watch out, Eric. I'm coming for your life. The, uh, no, the, the funny part is after you get the haircut, my kids are also half my DNA and we're doing the thing. No, I'm your real dad. No, I'm your real dad. And the kids will just hold up a cue card and they say, hey, read this. And when I'm perplexed, they're like, daddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jeremy knows I can pull it off. I can like 100% get me a vape pen and I just say things like bussy. Just say bussy a lot. Uh, uh, cook. Peen. And be like, those dares, just yeah. things, those darn dare, dun duck, did it. Just, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. stupid. <laughs> just, show up at, just show up at your job and then make fun of the guy who's got health problems. And everyone will be like, oh, look at this bag of mixed nuts on your desk. I'm like, I'm Eric Woodward. <laughs> and pull my pants down below my butt. <laughs> I think we have pretty much written the screenplay for just one of the guys part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Married white male is, is the sequel. Married white male. And I'm just Hence she becomes the greatest comedian in all of Baltimore within a month. And I, man, they're going to start booking me at that venue in Dundalk. And I'm like, it's the Special Olympics. Let me laugh at the differently abled people. <laughs> Like book female comics. Who needs female comics anymore? <laughs> so, uh, Allie finally uh, checks the box that we saw in Act One and Hetty's old things. Uh, whilst she's in the shower getting her new do all cleaned up, uh, she sees that she has a twin sister. In fact, an identical twin, and that her real name is Ellen Benish. Judy died when she d uh, drowned at a family picnic. Was uh, Ellen involved in it? Who knows? It's left up in the air. Uh, she also finds a lost key and the letter that uh, Sam sent earlier. She then gets out in the nick of time just as she's finishing up her shower. And she goes, <laughs> I, I love this like line when I, I didn't rip the audio for it. She, But uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee just goes, <laughs> I love my, she. I love myself yeah. like this. I love myself like this, which is just, that's, that's well, creepy. No. Well, like, do you notice though, Eric, the second time she says it too, she changes her voice to try to almost match yeah. the other girl's mm. voice to like, be like, I am you now. Oh, fuck. So, uh, by the way, is exactly what I do when I put on my makeup. Like I am Gacy. I'm so happy now. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> it's 
So Allie then heads up to go see Graham. Uh, there's no answer. She then sees Hetty leaving in a black dress that looks familiar like it's hers. Allie follows her, and they head to this fun fetish S&M bar. Sure does look like a place where Blade could kill a lot of vampires when they get down in there. And uh, she sees at the bar, everyone's loving Hetty, but they're calling her Addie. Ooh. So she's slandering her name. I like I like to think like what's going through her head. And they were like, these SM people think I'm some kind of monster. <laughs> Which is very, very funny to me. I don't know. And then uh she uh then mentions that uh uh, heads back to go talk to Graham and uh, as a stroke of luck Hetty comes home and uh, we also learn that you can hear things through the vents between uh, Graham's apartment and their apartment and so she, Hetty can hear everything that they're talking about up there. Uh, he mentions like uh, as they're talking about how shitty Hetty is the entire time they're like oh yeah I forgot to mention everything in this vent we can totally fucking hear and I hear you be fucking uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, so fun story. This is a current nightmare that I live. I believe it, and I've heard the stories. Not only have I heard the stories, I've heard voicemails left where I've I've heard the things that happen below you. And what lies beneath is a fuck fest that the likes of which uh, sound that would make Caligula blush. Um very uh look, I, I don't know what you're talking about because you look nothing like candace saunders <laughs> what oh so uh, uh eric can, can i can i throw out an idea like if we ever get like yeah, stupid yeah. money yeah stupid money okay yeah, yeah throw out whatever you want because it, it ain't happening uh <laughs> Look, this will cost thousands of dollars, but okay. it's well worth it. I'm listening. You know, we get like a really cool bar where we have like metal heads. Okay. Dude, every hour on the hour at five fifty-five minutes, right before it turns to fifty-six minutes, mm -hmm. and just like any evil movie, it, and the clocks turn from five fifty-five to six six six. That's when Slayer's reign in blood starts, and blood starts raining all through the bar in blood. You know, you could just have me one week every month just take out my diva cup and just squirt all over the bar. Just Rating queef, blood. blood queef, just <laughs> all, all right. over the bar. All right, we give you 100 bucks. Cool. Coyote <laughs> ugly puss is what they call me. Do you want them like squirter cups or anything? Kind of help. No, with the diva cup, I can just 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 diva. sprinkle it all down the bar. All right, Perfect. that's sold. That'll be close enough. So uh, he uh, 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 shows her out of the door after that, not knowing that the nefarious Hetty has uh, heard everything and is hiding within his apartment now. Uh, he uh, later catches her sneaking out, and uh, she takes the bar that locks his door and then just beats the hell out of this poor gay man uh, all the way it's down to the crime. ground. But uh, well, is he dead? We're not sure. We'll find out later. Allie
Allie then calls Hetty's parents because she finds that, uh, I think, a little calling card within the box and says, hey, I think your crazy-ass daughter is here. Ellen, uh, maybe call me back. Uh, Ellen then comes back, and uh, she goes to go take a shower and throws uh, her clothes that she just beat the shit out of the neighbor with, and she's soaking them when... Allie sees them. She's like, oh, sorry. I was having my lady juice dripping into my black dress again. I hate when that happens. But it's so much blood. Like, the flow level that that you have to believe that, like, is that that accurate, uh, Miss Ashley? I'm not even shitting you. Sometimes it's it's horrible. (laughs) Like, I, no, I'm not even kidding. Like, I had to actually start buying black sheets. Because I would have such monstrous flows in the middle of the night that was ruining my sheets and ruining my clothes. I've gone to a lot of guar shows, so I'm pretty (laughs) sure that's accurate because my menstrual hymen could literally spray the entire audience like that. It's not fair to be a lady. God hates us. There is God. like fuck y'all so she notices the bloody clothes in the sinks and uh she says it's her period Allie then gives her her two-week notice well he will cheat on you again that's a promise and when he does don't come running to me okay because i've had it with you you're so fucking weak I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And then all of a sudden a phone call calls and uh, uh, she goes to go pick up the phone. Hetty grabs it and it's her parents and she's like, oh my God, don't ever call here again. And then she (laughs) takes the phone off of the hook. I love whenever an inside thought becomes an outside thought and you realize the horror of what you've just said. Because I've done it many times when I told someone what I really think of them and then it gets weird and I go, oh, did I say that out loud? My bad. Like every night I get that same call like, this bitch is overdosed. I'm coming over like, crank call, crank call, crank call. (laughs) So uh, Hetty then uh, intercepts the call uh, from Sam later that night who's back from his trip and... uh, shows up at his apartment dressed as Hetty as he's sleeping, goes over and uh, blows him while whilst he's half asleep. And then he does have an opportunity to say, hey, this isn't right, but definitely comes and then goes, I'm going to curl up in a ball right now because I'm the actor from Wings and this doesn't feel right. And Well, it's sexual assault for him. It is that she sexually essentially assaulted him, which is really creepy yeah it's a creepy level and i like that uh he was just like she like she then threatens him she's like well i'll just let you walk away so you can save face and blah 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 he's like no that's cool go get fucked i'm gonna go tell her right now and then she throws a shoe at him and in the most woman like the most man way of writing a woman's part she kills him with a stiletto pump which is like it's the most ridiculous murder weapon i've ever seen it's just like she whacks him in the eye and just like and he fucking but dies the, it's funny to me that also tells me you're a man because that's the part that you find hard to believe and ridiculous where for me it's the idea that he's gonna go tell his fiance the truth 
<laughs> so, oh, that was the most expensive killing with those shoes. They were expensive. They were expensive. They did establish the expensiveness of those hey, shoes. And just also, like Cart. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, just like Cardi B said, it's those red bottom shoes because they're bloody. <laughs> so, Another important part of the scene is finally we learned um, why she was nicknamed Hetty. <laughs> 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 so in the morning, Hetty uh, is pretty much moved out. She's cleaned up the entire apartment like to a fucking ridiculous amount, so much that she's starting to touch things and not leave fingerprints, not leaving any clues behind. She's Hetty's got a good head on her shoulders. And uh, she then uh, sees a news report. Uh, Allie sees a news report that Sam is dead. Hetty is downstairs loading up her gun and burning clothes, and Allie finds the deadly stiletto that is still just even though she's a clean freak and has cleaned the fire mantle has not cleaned up all of the murder evidence which is very funny to me um Mm -hmm. she then uh she then is uh making sure she's not leaving any prints everywhere hetty then says i think you're upset because you know that sam's dead you couldn't have (laughs) why why Allie, it came in my mouth, and they tried to beat the shit out of me because I wanted to tell you. No, it was an accident. But he deserved it. But you shouldn't run. It'll only make it worse. I know you weren't yourself when you did this thing. I know. I was you. Who is this Hetty, anyway? No one's seen her. She's not on the lease. There's not even a a fingerprint of hers here. I've been been cleaning like crazy. You have to come with me, Allie, or they'll put you away. And it'll never work. Besides, people have seen you. Oh, just calm down. We'll call a lawyer who can help her, or a doctor, and they'll explain it to the police or something. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> We're friends, Allie. And you could be in a lot of trouble without me. But I'm not going to leave you. It wouldn't be right. I won't leave you. Okay, let's go. So, uh, Hetty is, uh, she's completely lost it by this point. Uh, This plan is not, first of all, even in the 90s, this plan isn't going to work. People are going to realize that Hetty exists. I'm sure of that. This is so weird, Eric. I don't know what you mean because, like, you and I have these conversations all the time where I like, I'm like verbally beating the shit out of you, and I'm like, Eric, why do you make me do this? <laughs> so, Allie then uh, takes her. Why, or, why Hedy, do you have to be you? Hedy, 
Hetty takes her up at gunpoint to Graham's apartment, which she's already taken care of Graham. I also love that this whole time, like, Allie doesn't know that, like, both of the, her only friends are also dead. Like, she's just like, oh, that sucks. God. And then, uh, oh, we're going up to Graham's apartment. She's like, yay. Oh, wait, he's dead as fuck, too. Fuck. Eric points out something. You point out something really sad and terrifying. Like, what is it like to be threatened even by a dog? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, you love the dog more than me. I've got to kill your pet. <laughs> yes. God. So, uh, so, uh, takes her up there. She, uh, shows her her new do, which is now she's gone back to, back in black, real ACDC look, looking like a Joan Jet. Uh, uh, she leaves her tied up, duct taped to a chair with the remote, uh, saying that she's got to go cast her check because she's been living off daddy and mommy's dime this entire time. Because we never find out what she actually does except make eggs and shitty food, right? Like, this is, right. this is it. I'm, uh, I'm uh, actually very rich. And, uh, she says she'll be back in an hour. So Allie comes up with the plan that to pump up the volume of the TV to draw attention and get somebody to come save her. She uses the, uh, she goes to go cash the check while this is all happening. And they think she's an actress, which I think is very funny. It's such a Hollywood thing to put in the morning. Hey, aren't you an actress? Because you show up and looking at like different people all the time. <laughs> I can yeah, barely recognize you. Yeah, there's no way you're mentally unstable. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the best the best part is how she alludes to like, maybe I'll go blonde. You're my next victim. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily she goes and does that and with the help of sad goth music that she is pumping through the apartment, which is I don't I like that MTV is just like, Welcome to noonday, the brightest part of the hour. We're gonna play the saddest music you've ever heard. Welcome to the sad da-da-da-da. And it's just this fucking mod crap music that's being busted. Of course the guy and I also the show that like the guy who's who complains about it he's just like can't you see i'm trying to play the violin during the day right now <laughs> i i honestly really wish they would have used like boy george and you just hear her cranking it up and you're like do you really want to hurt me <laughs> eric are you drinking out of a wine bottle uh no that's actually uh a wonderful scotch that i'm taking little little sippy sips out of oh, you're not drinking from your bodkin no 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 so uh she comes back up, uh, and and uh, guess what? People are there to go and open it because the complaint is like, we got to get this music turned down. But unfortunately for Sweet Allie, we do see that uh, she uh, Hetty shows up just in time to turn them away and turn down the uh, music. But listen, it's fucking too late. This betrayal is far too much. She goes and grabs a knife, puts it to Allie's neck, and so blood starts kind of starting to come out. She removes the tape from her mouth, and then she pulls a power move, which has been kind of uh, bubbling underneath there that Hetty really just wants to fuck uh, sweet Bridget Fonda, and uh, Bridget Fonda makes the move and has a hot girl kiss with her right there. Wild sexual tension the whole movie that never takes us anywhere, because we skipped over, which I and I know for time is why we did it. But like, there's also a scene way earlier in the movie where she starts to look like her and she's in like this BDSM bar. And the whole time, I'm just like, this chick is going to get into some weird sexual shit. And we just never take it as far as I was hoping. 
So we don't get to see a hot sex scene with Bridget Fonda and uh, Jennifer, unfortunately. She has um, um, history with some of the people at the bar. Like, oh, remember when we fucked? Like, oh, you're not her. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. There I'm is. Sorry, one. It's, it's only because you're Asian. <laughs> can I just point out? Can I just point out that if they had sex with each other and they had the same haircut and everything, they'd be called the Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get low. Um, so uh, she uh, then loses it, and uh, Hetty breaks down and cries uh, in Allie's lap. Uh, luckily, though, uh, she gets... Uh, we then see... Meanwhile, while this is happening, we go back to the boss who... Uh, they mentioned earlier that she made this software at Ned Ryerson's company that will lock down the second shit she isn't paid, which is fucking good for her. And uh, we get to hear Ned Ryerson uh, see the lockdown happen. Please contact Allison Jones in 24 hours at the risk your data will be irretrievably lost. This payment policing program is installed on all Allison Jones software. Oh, man. So now he's got to go look for Allison because he's, his whole business is on the fucking line. And uh, Hetty then plugs in a computer for her because apparently in 1992, you could order plane tickets online. Didn't know that was a thing, but that's what's happening right now. And as they go to look, as she instructs uh, Sweet Hetty to go look for uh, what's-his-name's wallet for Graham's wallet. So we're like, we'll just put it on his credit card we're in love now um she tries to do a quick instant message just like please save me i'm at this part and she unplugs it the last second like how fucking dare you and shit is still fucking getting real uh she uh gets caught mitch then uh sees uh hetty outside of the apartment building as they're going up and uh she says hey do you know this lady i know that sometimes she was in this apartment right here she's like nope never seen her before and then he realizes that she has her suitcase and he's like you do know her as a matter of fact i think you're lying real recognizes real and mitch immediately is like get the fuck out of the way pushes her down on the ground and then closes the door and she's like it's fine i already took care of it. what the hell is going on she comes over with a gun and she's like he's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. relax blah 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 and i think i love that they almost try to make this sexual assaulter the hero of the movie for a moment real quick where I, he's just I like know. <laughs> i i don't understand how you try to make a cowardly man the hero at the end yes. of the movie i'm like this just does not no there's no way there's no way a man that's a coward enough to sexually assault a lady is like i'm gonna defend a lady yeah that's not how that works so uh he wrestles the gun away from her for just a moment and then throws her over the table and then we hear this right here after uh after he throws her over the table and starts untying sweet alley where is she don't worry about her i took care of her He gets whacked with a fucking giant club in the back of his head like a dumbass that he is. Then gets shot a bunch of times. And that brings an end to Ned. Bing! That brings an end to Ned Ryerson, R.I.P., you sexual assaultist. I'm kind of glad that he pretended to care about her instead of when 
he sees her tied up on the floor, he doesn't instantly start to disrobe. Yeah, it's just a, that, that's more in his character that we've established. He's not the hero, but he is acting in his own self-interest, which is like, what about my money? Um, so then she, uh, she forces Allison to type a, uh, a suicide email, which is, it has to be the first suicide email on record I've ever seen. Right? Like this, this is a groundbreaking moment. We're seeing a digital goodbye letter written. And she says, everybody who reads this is not going to believe it. And, uh, she also drops some, uh, I, I took one little audio clip of here of, uh, Hetty saying this thing about identical twins, which I thought was really funny did you know that identical twins are never really identical there's always one who's prettier and the one who's not does all the work I hate that when that happens with identical twins. <laughs> I know. Let's all be honest. We know which one it is, Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if I may in 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 in, in induce a little bit of truth to this identical twins are never really identical there's always a twin that likes a little bit more heroin than the other twin (laughs) 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 jesus christ um so uh Hetty then hands Allie a whole handful of pills and says, it'll be better this way. And as she takes the glass to go swallow them down, she busts over her head like she's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin entering the Royal Rumble in 1998. Uh, and as she's trying to escape and unlock the door, we find out, holy shit, Graham's alive! Graham's super alive, and he fucking attacks this lady like and holds down Hetty. Uh, gunshots are avoided left and right, and... Uh, Hetty follows her out into the hallway without a gun and uh, Graham is alive. That's the most important part because he was he, he never deserved any of this other than just being a good goddamn neighbor. Uh, but uh, as the fight spills out with Allie and Hetty into the elevator, she reaches desperately for the screwdriver as she's being choked like this. And just as she's about to grab it, she can't get it. And that shitty screwdriver cannot be placed plunged into the nefarious Hetty's back yet because she loses consciousness. She then drags her to the boiler room where she's ready to go burn her, the regular home of the great Mick Foley mankind. But we then see that as she's prepping the burner, Allie is gone and she's gone full fucking predator mode. She's hiding up in air ducts like Die Hard. Uh, Fucking Hetty grabs a meat hook. She's looking for her like she's the candy man but as she's playing this game of cat and mouse she drops down from the rooftop fucking stabs her in the chest with the fucking screwdriver finally stabs her in the back again and fucking brings a sweet end to Hetty in this thing and then we hear this at the end I cried the whole week of Sam's funeral Graham says that won't bring him back says I have to start letting go. He's right. Hetty's parents said that for years they tried to explain to her that her sister's death wasn't her fault. But she never forgave herself for surviving. So every day I try to forgive Hetty for Sam. 
Then I tried to do what she couldn't forgive myself. I know it can happen to someone who doesn't. And that brings us to a sweet end of single white female. All that ladies need to do is just forgive themselves and they won't try to murder you. Um, Ashley, we'll start with you. Your final thoughts on single white female, your pick of the week. I love this movie. It's so much fun to watch a film about undiagnosed borderline personality disorder. Um, big fan. Love, love the movie. <laughs> All right. Jeremy Woodworth, single white female. Give us your hottest of takes. I hate the fact that she had to uh, reinforce the idea that if only she could have been as hot as me. <laughs> wrong it's so <laughs> oh god damn um, I mean, I'll know I know I'll never be as popular as a comedian as you but if I can be like a good carrot top or something that's oh I have goals I love you too brother I love you too um I uh I enjoy I enjoyed single white female it's been a long time since I watched it uh it's it's not uh it's not my personal favorite movie of like uh lady who comes in that you think is normal and goes crazy i would say my favorite one would be the carrie yules one the crush that's probably my favorite uh of those type of movies followed by the hand that rocks the cradle because the hand that rocks the cradle with rebecca de mornay chef's kiss good um and definitely it, it should be a future a future app. But, uh, hey, as far as Femme Fatales go, it's a fucking great movie and another great pick. I'm excited, and uh, we made it through another one, guys. We did it. Hey, who, who still doesn't want to do Bridget from Hey, you know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do. I mean... Well, I mean, I don't know. I know what I'll be thinking about with Dad's old flashlight tonight, Jeremy. Um, so, anywho, Ashley, yeah, like, I want to even do Kirstie Alley today. Even three hundred pounds, I'll do her. Ashley, where can people find you at, love? Okay. Um, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can catch me. I think if I'm right on our dates for this episode, uh, you can catch me hosting. Or no, I'm not hosting. I'm doing a guest spot with Tommy Sinbazo in Sherry Town, I think PA on the 25th, and then you can catch me at Drafts and Laughs on the 26th at Checker Spot Brewery. Fuck yeah! Check all that shit out. Um. You know, my April is looking a little slim, and by the time this episode is out, I guess it's, you know, all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com, Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Uh, I got some shows coming up in the future. It'll be fun. Um, So do all that shit. Um, Jeremy, take us out of here. And the rapist Ryerson! Bing! Father's gone in the sky Heaven only knows why Left me empty behind But he gave me the gift Cylindrical and a twist A tool forged by the God was his only one he left me here
Now the power is thine Me and dad intertwine His knowledge molded with mine Link the future at last Can see all bus from the past History can't run and now it's yours, my son.